Welcome. This is Hashtag Gen Z, a podcast that explores Generation Z, who they are, how they're different from other generations, while also being an incredible blend of those who came before them. We explore what they think is cool, what moves them, and why they do what they do. I'm your host, Megan Grace. As you know, season five of Hashtag Gen Z is all about exploring careers and Gen Z in the workplace. Last episode, we focused on the rising interest among Gen Zers to live a digital nomad lifestyle and to work super remotely, like all around the world remotely. Leaning into that mindset of what Gen Z wants in a work lifestyle, we're going to continue to explore how Gen Z is creating careers that are characterized by flexibility and autonomy. I'm not talking about wanting to work flexible hours and have a relative amount of say over your work. This episode is focusing on how many members of Gen Z are driven to be their own boss and forge an entrepreneurial path to designing their own career. While I like to call it a DIY career, not like crafting, I think this takes on so many more shapes. For some, this could be a content creator. Others, it might look like being a freelancer. Others are drawn to the idea of creating a business and employing others but having control of their own destiny seems to be the common thread here. Earlier this year, Fiverr, a freelance and independent worker platform, conducted a study that found 40% of Gen Zers want to own a, a business or freelance for their whole career. This same study found that for 71%, flexibility was a top factor when looking for a new job, and 73% of Gen Zers see freelancing as a smart option in an uncertain economy. One way that Gen Z sees freelancing and flexible work is in the space of content creation or influencing. A study by Higher Visibility found that one in four Gen Zers plan to become social media influencers for their future career planning. While this comes at a surface level bad rap, there's actually a lot of money in content creation and social media. For the mega influencers, that can mean millions, but for many influencers, it can be multiple thousands of dollars that supplements or eventually replaces an income from a more traditional career path. No matter what path Gen Z is taking, the design your own destiny or be your own boss mindset of looking at work is certainly shaking things up. It's not for everyone though. In this episode, we're talking to someone who's been doing it for a while and has lived the design your own career lifestyle that many Gen Z are looking for. This episode's guest is a special one, not only because she's talented and very credible at her job, but also because she's someone I get to call a friend. Abby Stassier is a non-diet registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and has a master's degree from Columbia University. She's the founder of Be About Being Better, a non-diet coaching company specializing in helping individuals develop a sustainable and diet-free healthy lifestyle through an intuitive eating and health at every size approach. Abby's a published researcher and has been featured in notable media outlets such as Medium, Thrive Global, and Lady Boss Blogger. Abby is here to share more about how she's crafted her career of providing guidance and expertise to help others embark on a journey of self-discovery, nourishment, and empowerment by embracing a more joyful and vibrant life free from diet culture. Before we get into the conversation, I have to share about something that is a mainstay when I travel. Being busy and on the go means it's hard to stay hydrated, which is why I never leave for a trip without Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration multiplier that fuels your well-being, and it's packed with electrolytes and essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. However, Liquid IV is not just for when you're on the road. For me, it's a work essential. 
whether I'm working from home, working on the house, spending time outdoors, or recovering from a workout, it's always in our house. I've been using Liquid IV for a few years, and we literally never let our stock run out. If you're ready to up your hydration game, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code GENZPOD at checkout. That's 20% off of anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using GENZPOD at liquidiv.com. Get 20% off and get to hydrating, my friends. Well, I am so excited. I'm always excited. I should like, that's just a blanket statement. Um, I'm very excited to have my actual friend, Abby, joining us today. Um, Abby is just a delightful human that I met through a friend of a friend. Shout out to Amanda um, for introducing us and have been so thankful to be able to know you and be able to follow you and see even just in like the last year, kind of your career evolve and change and grow and all these amazing things you're doing. And then one day we found out that you are actually a member of Gen Z, which I think you're like one of my first few Gen Z friends, which is makes you the coolest. Um, but Abby, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, welcome. Yay, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited too. So Abby, I know you, but I want to know, and I know other people want to know a lot more about your story. Really, what, who are you? What do you do? And kind of what was your journey in getting to where you are today? And that's like such a, a loaded question. There's so many years and things that have gone on in your life to getting you to today. But walk us through that journey and, and kind of how you found this path. Yeah. So I come from a very medical family. And my parents are very traditional in the sense they're like, it's MD or nothing. And they are very much about having a traditional, more corporate career. And I was always planning on going to medical school. My dad and my grandfather had a private practice together. So I thought I would join that. And I took the MCAT twice and I had my applications all ready to go to medical school. And I felt very strongly called to pull my applications and not go to medical school and to instead invest the entirety of my savings into launching my own health and life coaching company, Be About Being Better. And I found this random business coach online and he gave me a blueprint for starting an online business. And this was five years ago. And I started my online business and that has grown over the last five years. And uh, my parents are somewhat coming around to me being an entrepreneur and being in the online space. Um, but it's been, it's been so fulfilling. And after I spent a year in my business full time, being in the entrepreneur space, I was like, mm, I really want to do more than just health coaching. I'm very passionate about helping people cultivate a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. So I knew I was like, mm, we really need to get away from diet culture if we want anything that's sustainable. And I want to stand out in the online space and actually have the evidence-based knowledge behind me and know what I'm talking about when it comes to nutrition, be able to support people with chronic health conditions. So in addition to running my business full-time for the last five years, I've also been in graduate school full-time. I got my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology from Columbia University. I became a certified intuitive eating counselor. And um, as of last week, I'm officially a registered dietitian. So we're just out here doing all the things. <laughs> There's very few people that like match my like, let's do all the things energy. And you're definitely one of them um, in the sense of like, I couldn't just go to grad school either, right? Like that's like just a small little thing uh, on top of all the other stuff. And we're not out here being like overachievers. We both like very much so agree. Like there's times when we got to scale it back 
rest, chill. Um, but you are such a driven person. And I think that that is a big piece of how you've been successful. Um, and how I've been able to like see your, even just in the short time that I've known you, kind of your career unfold. Um, and I know we'll definitely talk a lot about your business today um, and the, the really great work you do. I love following your stuff. It is so um, inclusive, right? Like sometimes people think like health and diet and coaching and nutrition is like the clean girl aesthetic and like the, uh, we got to be a stick to uh, have that, that moment of health. And you're just kind of like move your body, eat some food you like, love yourself. Right. And like that in itself is a diet. I think we all need to get on um, because I think that's really positive and we can certainly talk about that. But really what I'm so fascinated, I'm always fascinated by people that do kind of similar things that I do, which is like go against the, not the status quo, but like doing something a little different that most people would be like, how are you going to quit your full-time job? Or how are you not going to go to medical school when you're like living in an entire family of like medical professionals, like really going against what you've been told is the path for you. And you've really designed this career. And that's kind of why you and I are having this chat today is you designed your professional lifestyle, you really created and, and you're a content creator, but really you are managing like this online educational space for people to improve whatever aspect of their health they're looking for. So I sometimes think of you as a content creator, but sometimes I don't. Um, I think content is a part of that. Really what drew you to this lifestyle? Because you could certainly go be a health coach at a clinic, or you could go be a dietitian, nutritionist at a clinic or um, provide that service within what would be considered a more traditional setting. So what drew you to this? I don't want to say ambiguous, but this professional <laughs> lifestyle that you're in. Yeah, definitely. Because like, you're right. I could be a health coach at some sort of clinic or an in-person setting. I think what drew me to the online space was the online aspect of it, the the content creation aspect of it. I am a creative. I love creating content. And before I started my business, I already had a little Facebook group going with just some friends and some, some sorority sisters. And we were doing accountability challenges and holding each other accountable to hitting our water goal and cheering each other on. So I was already kind of doing that sort of thing online and sharing how um, in my, like, I guess one corporate job, I worked for my sorority's headquarters as a leadership consultant for a year. Uh, and I was traveling all over the country every three days, staying in different hotels, being on different college campuses. So I was sharing my health journey very organically online. Like, Hey, while I'm on the road, how am I working my healthy lifestyle into this? So the online space just fit naturally. Cause I was already doing that. And being in the online space allows you to create your own schedule versus being somewhere nine to five or eight to four, whatever that clinic looks like. And I also wanted more ownership and autonomy. I, at once I stopped working for my sorority's headquarters, I did take a job in the medical field to confirm if I wanted to go to medical school or not. So I was working as a medical scribe and Basically, you're just you know doing all the medical charting while the doctor can like make eye contact with the patient and fully focus on them and not have to have their hand you know, their head behind a screen. So it, it was actually a good from a patient care standpoint. And gave me a lot of um, clinical experience. Do I really see myself being this doctor? Do I want to work with this patient population, et cetera, et cetera? But um, I was like, oh, I don't like being beholden to the clinic's schedule. I want to make my own schedule. I want to do my own thing. And I realized I could make even a wider impact for people if I wasn't just seeing them for a doctor's appointment for 15 minutes 
every three, six months, once a year. Like if I was talking to someone online and I designed my own coaching program where they could have messenger access to me and be talking with me throughout the day, that would serve a patient or client so much better than just having a follow-up appointment every couple months and then not talking to their doctor in between. I think people, what I was seeing in that primary care physician's office was that people needed that accountability. They needed that follow-up. And if they had that and that personalized health support, it probably could prevent a lot of the conditions that this doctor was treating or prescribing medications for. So I'm like, oh, the health coaching is actually what people need. And the amount of follow-ups that people need is most easily accessible with an online virtual private practice model. I'm, I'm like sitting back listening. I was also, uh, no lie, eating my lunch, as you saw, which I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for because you're like, eat your food, girl. Like, that's your thing. Like, eat your food. That's like your mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, so I do not apologize for eating my lunch while you were giving us that beautiful um, kind of walkthrough of like, what drew you to this lifestyle? Because it's not for everyone. Like, you know that. Um, and some people look and be like, that's a lot of navigating ambiguity. Like, that was the thing it that is. I showed the most in trying to get into this. I would say we do very different things, but like different flavor of work. And you have to be very self-disciplined and you also have to be a leader. And that was something else that drew me to it as well is that I wanted, like, I wanted to run my own company. I didn't want somebody else as my boss. I wanted to be my own boss and lead a team. So now, you know, I've, I have several employees that work for me and that's really fulfilling. And there are some people that that doesn't appeal to them and they truly just want to be an employee. They want to be led. So I think there's a difference there. So yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. No. Um, And as you were sharing this, like there's just some things that you said that like I couldn't have planted better. But like as we've been studying Gen Z and I got to narrow in on like the the whole point of this podcast is not just Megan and Abby hanging out, although that's fun. Um, But this idea of Gen Z and what they're looking for in work. And I think there's a few things that you shared that really do align with that of this work structure of, uh, I don't know what we want to call it, be your own boss, create an online uh, community, create uh, an online service, really building your own business, DIYing your workplace, if you will, um, (laughs) aligns with Gen Z. And from your perspective, I know you engage with your peers um, and some of your clients are your peers. How do you see kind of the lifestyle that you live in your career aligning with what we're seeing with Gen Z and what they're looking for in careers, whether they're doing similar work that you're doing or they're not, but it's just something they desire. Yeah, absolutely. I think Gen Z is really looking for that work-life balance. They want to avoid the burnout. They're definitely high achievers, but I see that Gen Z is very creative and they realize they can get to the result that you know, their boss or whoever is looking for whatever the deliverable is, if they have their own flow. But sometimes if they feel constrained by that, it can actually block their productivity or their flow. And so I think we're craving this more flexible work schedule so that we have that work-life balance. We're not burning ourselves out. We can actually show up and be more productive, get more done in less time. So I think people are just really craving that. And I think I also see with Gen Z that there's this rise in like advocacy and social justice. And I think the way to reach people is through social media and being online because that's where people are turning to, you know, get their health advice on, on TikTok and Instagram. So like, that's where we have to be. That's where we have to be hanging out. And 
we're just living in such an, a really unique age where people are growing up with social media and they don't know what it's like to not have social media. Like we kind of, I'm not kind of on that cusp. Like I was born in 1995. So we're kind of on that cusp where, you know, I, I know what it was like to not have social media and I know what it's like to have social media. And I'm like, I, I know that there are risks to social media and some downsides, but I'm also like, I also love this and have learned to monetize it. Um, so I think there are so many benefits. And if we can use this medium like we're going to get the right health information or not even just health, any information, the, the right news, the right advice. Um, we can, you know, just, we can advocate more for whatever social causes you're passionate about. It's easier to do that and spread the word online. So I think that's why it's definitely appealing to do your own thing for Gen Z because social justice is just really huge right now. Well, and I think like you even, whether you were thinking like social justice or just impact on others, like you saw that even when you were working as that medical scribe, you're like, I could mm -hmm. sit for 15 minutes with someone once a year and maybe make an impact on their life. Or I could be posting three times a week with that reminder of you don't have to be doing like an intense hit workout every day, like a walk around the block and getting some sunshine mm -hmm. is equally as important to your body, right? Those are things that yes. we go to the doctor once a year, whereas like you've got followers and people that are parts of your programs that are getting that positive messaging. And so like, I can see that in like, you wanted to create greater impact for people that was outside of that traditional scope. And I think that in itself is super Gen Z. Like, why would I just have a set amount of patients that I see 15 minutes uh, once a year, twice a year, or if they're in, let's say crisis or they're have like, we're needing to respond to something. Um, I'm yes, the person that goes absolutely. to my doctor, like whenever they're like, you need to come in for this. I'm like, sure, I'll be there. Like, like I love going to the doctor because I have an amazing care team, right? Like that's how oh, I feel like everyone should such have a that. Gift. Yeah. I can't move because I love my care team too much. Um, and they all know each other. They talk to each other. Um, and like, I'm, I feel like an anomaly, but what you're doing is you're providing a, like a all the time care team without burning yourself out to people. And I think that that's important. Like that in itself is a really key defining aspect of what you're doing and what other people that are in this, again, we'll call it like DIY your career is being able to create the impact that you have the capacity for. Um, yeah, and that you and I, are able to tune into, right? Like if you are not mm -hmm. feeling the juice that day, you're giving yourself the grace to be like, well, I might have to hit it harder tomorrow and getting the things I need done, but I'm not going to push myself. Like maybe you would if you went to a corporate job and you were like, I got to trudge through the day for the next eight hours and I'm not really going to be a helpful human. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just as my health coaching philosophy of we are so much more than a body, we're more than what the number says on the scale, but like we are just worth so much more than that there are so many people in Gen Z that are like, I am so much more than my job. My job doesn't define me. So I need to have more flexibility in my work schedule. I maybe need to DIY it so that I'm not so locked in to this corporate schedule that is, is absolutely grueling and doesn't allow me to explore my hobbies, other relationships, other passions, side hustles. Like it, That's just not accessible to us when we're working 100-hour weeks. Well, no, it's not. Um, I've, I've lived on both sides of it. It's absolutely not uh, accessible, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, every work style, there's no, like there's perfect ones for each individual, but uh, there's no, I wouldn't say there's any work style that's like um, 
100% sunshines and sunshine and rainbows all the time, right? Um, So let's talk about some of the more rewarding aspects of your job and kind of like how you've structured your professional life. And then like, let's be also frank, like what are some of the more challenging aspects? So give it a go for those that might want to know more about the pros and cons of the kind of work style that you are living in. What does that look like for you? Mm, I It took me a lot of years of trial and error to figure out what exactly works for me, but I love the flow that I've been able to create. And what works best for me is having certain days that I do certain tasks. And this might sound a little woo-woo, but I am very cognizant of my energy and the energy that it takes to do different tasks. So when I was in grad school full-time, it's a different energy to be in class versus when I'm studying uh, versus when I'm on a coaching call with clients versus when I'm on a sales call with client or potential client versus when I'm leading my team, creating content. All those things require different hats and also they have a different energy associated with them. So I realized very early on when I started grad school while trying to run my business full-time that I was burning out very quickly because I was trying to switch hats every like multiple times a day. And that's where I was losing steam. It wasn't, I was doing too much in a day. I was switching to switching hats too much. So the way that I changed my schedule to find a flow that I really like is I really try and minimize how many times I switch hats in a day. And I really just try and either switch once, maybe twice. So I'll save certain tasks for certain days. And so I only coach clients or take skill sales calls on Mondays and Wednesdays. If I really need to stretch it, maybe Thursdays, but most of the time I'm doing most of my call days on Mondays and Wednesdays. So that leaves me open to creating. I really like to create on Sundays and Tuesdays um, because I don't have a lot of calls those days, but I can just get into a creative zone. Um, I do more admin on Fridays. Saturdays, I always take off. Even when it was finals week and I was in grad school, I always took Saturdays off. And that was my like Sabbath Saturdays. And I would just have a date with myself and do other things, totally unplug, wouldn't really post on social media. And that was my opportunity to recover. And I highly recommend that you really have one full day dedicated to doing absolutely nothing because you need that for sure. Um, so hopefully this is answering your question, but I, it took me a while to figure out the different buckets and the different tasks that I did and how could I minimize the amount of time that I'm switching, switching tasks and switching hats, because that really does conserve my energy and it makes it so I don't, I'm not doing everything every single day. And I'm not stressing out about all of the things that are on my plate or on my to-do list, but like, okay, that's just on Wednesday's to-do list. I don't have to worry about that right now, but I'm going to put that on Wednesday's to-do list. It's context switching is what like I think the con like the mm. cognitive is like when you're zoning in yeah. and out like I have to I have to do it a lot uh, for my job and I can attest that it is tiring when you're like okay I have this meeting then I got to take this meeting and these are about two very different things and they're back to back it yeah. tires your brain out right and it it is um, I can 100% like align with when you're like oh I do content creation on Tuesdays and Thursdays I would give large sums of money to clear my Tuesdays and Thursdays to just write things and be in a creative, like innovative space. Um, so I love that you're able to do that. That's definitely a challenge. And I think that's important that we're sharing with people. Like that's a part of the life is there's a lot of context that people that are creating their own job, creating their own path. Like that is a piece of it. Let's talk about the most rewarding part 
or rewarding aspects of this kind of lifestyle in your professional career? For me, the most rewarding aspect is the impact, getting the messages from my clients or even just people in my audience. They're like, wow, like I never thought about health that way. Wow. That really, like I had someone message me this morning. They're like, wow, that one um, reel that you did about how to optimize your evening routine to get better quality quantity sleep totally changed the game for me. I'm finally sleeping seven hours. I'm like, that is amazing. Like that makes it so worth it. And especially for me, you know, now I have all Tuesday and Thursday to create content. But when I was in grad school full-time, I didn't. Like I only had a couple hours for the whole week that I had to create content. So like we were really streamlining and just doing, honestly, doing the bare minimum uh, to, to, to get stuff out there and, you know, delegating as much as I can and having somebody else, like I'll record the podcast episode, but somebody else will chop up the clips and, and post those. So, you know, definitely it, it takes a village. Um, but I, so I didn't always have a lot of time. So to see that impact with, you know, the content that I was making, the little time that I had motivates me to, to keep going and to have clients say to me, you know, this, totally change the game in in my relationships or I can finally go out to eat with friends and say yes to plans because I don't have as much food anxiety. Oh, I can finally wear a top without sleeves because I, I feel confident in my body. And I'm not afraid to show my arms like that. That's just, oh, like that just gives me so much joy. And that that is my why. So that's probably the most fulfilling part of of my job. But I also really like the opportunity to lead a team. I'm very energized by collaborating with others and seeing my team members win. And I have one team member that is just so excited and energized by um, how like our emails perform and just the, the metrics that we get, the, how the podcast is performing and the opt-ins that we're getting. And like, obviously, yes, I care about all of those things too, but she is so techie and admin oriented. She loves all of those metrics and she's in, she's very emotionally invested in, in those things. So to see her win and to show up to meetings so excited, like that gives me so much joy. It's like, wow, I'm not micromanaging her. I'm empowering her and I have her in the right position on my team where she is just, you know, literally living her best life and, and loves what she's doing and in her zone of genius. So the fact that I can employ people. Remember, I was able to keep all four of my team members employed during COVID. And I'm really, I'm proud to say that because we know that obviously COVID was a, a difficult time financially for so many people. And I was living in New York City at the time. Uh, so it was uh, definitely a struggle, but I was able to keep everyone on my team and didn't have to like lay anybody off or, you know, anything like that. So that the fact that I could do that and give other people that opportunity and another employment opportunity where they can create their own schedules. Like two, uh, two people on my team um, are actresses in New York city and they're doing other side jobs too. Like that, that just gives me so much joy. I mean, as someone who also loves to get lost in the data and be very excited about it, like hold on to that team member because we're unicorns, like um, very few people are like, okay, the metrics are metricing. It looks great. Um, hold yeah. on to that human. But it's, it, I can attest, I oversee a team in my full-time job as well. And like when you see people hit their stride, like in their work, you're like, yes, I don't have to, hey, I don't have to do anything. B, you're thriving. Yes. And I was a small part of it but you thriving helps me thrive and we're all we're all thriving together and i think that's a, that's what some people get wrong about leadership is that it's not about like making everything 
your vision and your thing. Sometimes it's like truly empowering and setting other people up to succeed that helps you get a little bit closer to what you're trying to succeed. Um, exactly. And that is, it's, it's a long game, but like if you do it right, it is a very worthwhile game, I will, uh, I will say. So you've really hyped up this, uh, you don't have to sell me on it, I'm already kind of doing it, but you've really hyped up this mindset of like pursuing a career that is kind of self-designed, being your own boss, whatever you want to call that work style. Um, I know that what you are doing is of interest to people that are potentially in Gen Z themselves um, and maybe want to follow in your footsteps in kind of creating a career kind of in a similar fashion. What advice would you have for those individuals? My advice, first and foremost, is you need to have like a pretty high degree or increasing a willingness to learn about financial literacy. We're not taught this in school. We know this, but running your own business, you got to know your numbers. You need to be financially responsible. You need to be a good steward of the money that you're taking. People are, if they're paying you for services, they are trusting you with their money. And if you have team members, they are trusting that they're going to be paid and paid on time and paid well. The Gen Z wants to be paid well, you know? So hello, you want to make sure that you're paying your team members well, but you need to understand taxes. Like, yes, I do have a tax person on my team and we do have a bookkeeper, but I'm not totally relying on them to do everything. Like I'm making sure that I'm tracking my own things. And it's like, okay, does my spreadsheet match with their spreadsheet in the report that they're sending me at the end of the month? What, what am I missing? And, you know, I have learned a lot about investing and high yield savings accounts, you know, just all those things. And it's taken me a while. And I still have so much to learn for sure. But if you are going to run your own business, you you cannot depend on other people to do those things for you. You, especially from a finance standpoint, you need to know what's going on and have a good pulse on that because ultimately the pressure is on you. So if you're discerning if you should start your own business or not, you need to understand that there is a lot of pressure on you. And for me, I hate this expression, but I don't have another, maybe you can help me come up with another like alternative, but like we eat what we kill. Like I hate that expression, but um, you know, it's on me to make sure that I'm creating the content and getting on the sales calls and signing the clients and um, so that financially we can keep the business going. And there are, there have been some days and some seasons where that has been an immense amount of pressure. And it literally is by the grace of God that we're still here five years later. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And if you are not able to handle that, it's just something, a factor to consider. Now, I didn't think originally I could handle that, but you grow in that skill over time and you don't need to start your business. And I actually don't recommend it with team members right away. Like be in your business. You have to wear all the hats. This is another piece of advice. Do not hire somebody to do a task that you have not already done and tried yourself because you need to, number one, appreciate that task and you need to understand the scope of work so that you could teach somebody else how to do it. Even if you're hiring someone that like knows how to do that task, like copywriting, for example, you need to be able to teach them about your voice and what you're trying to do and what you would have them copyright about. And then they'll be in their zone of genius to help you out. But you need to at least try everything before you hire somebody else and just outsource it. Um, especially because your business is your baby and I just, it, you just need that degree of that, that degree of ownership. So I think one of the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur is 
it humbles you immensely. And, you know, I'm at the end of the day, very grateful for that. I have had to be very raw and honest with my team when I'm going through personal seasons where I'm like, look, this is why content has, has been lower. This is why I haven't producing. This is why I was late to this team meeting or this coaching call. This is what I'm going through. Like, um, it's, it's a very personal thing and being a leader and having your own business requires you to lean into that authenticity. And that's really hard to put yourself in a vulnerable place. But I also think that Gen Z appreciates that and they want more supervisors and bosses that are transparent and are real and not just domineering cold and distant. Absolutely. Um, So many good nuggets there. Um, As you were talking about like learning the finance, a book that I have that I suggest to everyone that's like, I need to start a business or I want to do this. It's called The Money Book and it's big green book. And it's, I think you can on Amazon and it just breaks down all the stuff for people that are self-employed, entrepreneurs, building a business of like, one day, yeah, you will probably have someone that can manage your finances. But until then, like you still got to pay taxes, my friend, and you still got to pay expenses and that money needs to come from somewhere. And there's lots of little tips along the way that can help. So I suggest that deeply. But um, I think your advice is spot on is like this building a business sounds like really sexy and fun. And I love that your advice was like the least sexy, but like so important because it's like, know your know your money. Um, be aware of what goes on in your business and don't expect all of a sudden to like, you're going to shoot to the top and be like, I'm a CEO and I run this team, but I don't know how my team does their job. Like, cause the reality is this one day your team could walk or people on your team could walk, but does that mean your operations have to halt? You can't do that. Someone has to be, you have to either be able to fill into that role or you have to be able to train someone very quickly to do that role. And so it's kind of this interesting is everybody wants to be their own boss until they actually start being their own boss. And they're like, oh, that's not what I expected. That's not that much fun. It is. It's a lot of work. But as you've identified, it's super rewarding. And um, just because you aren't your own boss doesn't mean you can't be a part of rewarding work, which I think um, you're a really good example of that. Like you've provided rewarding work for four team members through a time when a lot of people are like, what am I even doing with my life and my job? And you kept four people employed during the pandemic. Like, good on you. Good on you, Abby. Well, I've got one more question for you before we get going. Um, and I ask this of everyone, but what is your favorite thing about your Gen Z peers? My Gen Z peers is that they are such activists and advocates for different social causes. And I know I mentioned that earlier, but I just really, I have learned so much from my Gen Z friends. I'm the type of person, like people that know me, I'm like, I don't watch the news. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know stuff about pop culture. I don't know geography. Like I'm like the smartest dumb person you would ever meet. Like ask me anything about nutrition, biochemistry, like I got you. But when it comes to like any like street smarts, anything with like politics, yeah, I'm just so out of it. Um, But I would say actually not so out of it anymore because I feel like I'm being educated by my Gen Z friends and they have really taught me a lot and opened my eyes to so much. And it's so much better for me to have open dialogue with them about social justice issues and different things that they're advocating for than me watching the news. You know, it's so much better to just talk to someone one-on-one. So uh, I think that's probably the, um, the thing I love the most about them. And then my Gen Z friends, I feel like they are just the best hype people. Like when they reply to my stories or comment on my posts, like they just say the funniest things. And I'm like, thank you so much. It makes me feel so good about this piece of content. And 
just like the way they word things. I'm like, this is just hilarious. Like, I love it. <laughs> I 1000% agree. I think Gen Z has made me smarter um, because they share all their like knowledge online. So they thank you, young people of the world. Um, and they definitely make you feel good about yourself. Like if you've done like you got a compliment from a Gen Z, specifically a teenage girl in Gen Z, like you yes. ride that compliment out to the grave because like, <laughs> like she meant it, she cared about it. And like, you were actually cool. Like that's always my goal is, and not to be like, I need to be cool among the kids. It's specifically Gen Z teen girls. Like if I'm on trend with them, I'm like, I'm the coolest person in the world. Um, but they do, they hype yeah. you up because they just, they realize we're all humans on this floating rock in space. And like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You'd be kind of nice to someone and you make their day. Like how, how terrible would that be? Um, so I agree. They are, I would agree with you on that one. I think they are fantastic at being inclusive and making people feel warm and welcome in that space. And I'm sure you have seen that um, tenfold in the work that you're doing with people, um, especially with the kind of work that you do. So Abby, thank you so much for being here. I know people are going to want to follow along with your work and uh, the wonderful messages that you share. I will make sure to put stuff in the show notes so people can find you, but where are some of the best places that they can hang out with you and keep up to date with the, the great stuff you're doing? Yeah. Instagram and TikTok is where I am mainly abby.stacier for my personal Instagram and then at be about being better for my business one. And that's where we're posting the majority of our nutrition health coaching content where my personal account is, we're making the transition. That's going to be more personal and we're, we're wild and over there. So, um, but yeah, Instagram, TikTok, that's where, that's where we're hanging out. Well, fantastic. Um, we'll send people that way. I know I'm a loyal follower and can attest um, Abby's Thank message you. just even as a friend is positive, but also educational. And I think I was like dying when you were like, I'm the smartest dumb person. I'm like, uh, no, you know, so many things like we all can't know everything about everything. That's impossible. The human brain doesn't work that way. But I know that if I had to ask you, like, Abby, how does this one thing interact in my body? Like food wise, you'd be like, this is how it's metabolically going to break down and how you're going to feel about it and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, science, you know, science girl. Um, and that's important. Science, it takes so much time to learn. It's okay. If you don't know what's going on. Girl, do I know it. There you (laughs) go. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know what's going on in the news. I was doing science. I'm sorry. Um, Well, Abby, thank you again for being here. Um, You were just a delight. And I'm so glad you could be here to share a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. For me, working remotely means my pets are my coworkers and my best friends. So of course, I want to keep them healthy and happy. High quality food and a healthy diet is key to doing so. Nom Nom Dog Food is full of fresh proteins, vitamins, and nutrients that your pup needs to thrive. When Nom Nom says fresh, they mean it. You can see the fresh ingredients your dog is eating. And Nom Nom works with board-certified veterinary nutritionists to ensure the recipes are designed to support your dog's livelihood. Nom Nom will actually get to know your dog, including age, breed, weight, allergies, and preferences, to tailor meals for your pup. Get fresh, pre-packaged, totally nutritious meals delivered directly to your doggy door for even less. Order Nom Nom today using the code GENZYPOD to get 50% off your order plus free shipping. Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee, which means if your dog doesn't love each meal, Nom Nom will refund your first order. I'll be sure to place a link in the show notes. And again, that's GENZYPOD to get 50% off your order with free shipping. 
a big thank you to Abby, who is a human ray of sunshine, if you couldn't tell. She's so giving with her warmth and joy and truly radiant positivity. While I looked at her for so much personal health advice, she's such a great example of a Gen Zer who's taking a passion, forged their own path, and built something meaningful. It's a blueprint of what many Gen Z are motivated by. Abby has grown her business in the last few years, and even in the time that since we recorded this episode, she's revamped and relaunched Be About Being Better. As Gen Z evolves and grows into their careers, we're likely to see more young professionals taking similar paths to Abby's, which is certainly going to change the way we think about work and engaging talented individuals. So far, we've gotten into some really great stuff this season, and more goodness is on the way. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe so you can get notified when new episodes become available. And while you're at it, go ahead and share this with a friend or a colleague. As always, you can reach out to me with any suggestions for topics or guests you might want to learn about and from. I can be reached at my website, meganmgrace.com, and you can also find me on Instagram, threads, and LinkedIn at meganmgrace. This episode was produced by me, Megan Grace, and edited by Leah Kramer. Thank you again for stopping by for this episode. Let's continue this conversation. We'll chat soon. Thank you.